0: Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at TaylorConstructionEquipment.com or call 662 446 1048. Now get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk, Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at Supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive through over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville. Or at Brupolo over in Tupelo, it'd be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Society Hill well, then,
1: yeah, it'd be a little weird
0: weren't expecting that were you? No, it wasn't no oh.
1: Where have you? have never heard of
0: that's always the goal is to get one that you don't know. It's rare. you've been all over our great state many times, but I got you today.
1: Some people got their feelings hurt last week about. The one, one of the ones that we did, and I don't remember which one, but well, they're not that serious, guys. Not that serious. what they say? I don't know. Some guy said he was disappointed in my response. What did you say? <laughs> I
0: don't remember. Oh, gosh. Wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's just a click away. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it to be delivered. Right to your door. Remember, when you support Strange Brew Coffee House, you're supporting a Bulldog Initiative business. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com has the maroon and white merchandise you're looking for, specifically the interlocking MSU merchandise that you are looking for, the state script merchandise that you are looking for. The new face of Mississippi State is almost upon us, guys. You want to have that look. The banner rim is going the way of the dinosaur. It's time to move on and get some new gear if you haven't done it already. So shop at the two College Corner locations in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowwood by the Half Shell, or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant. As we get closer to football season, that means trips to Starkville are coming. Make sure your reservations are made at Restaurant Tyler on game weekends. Lunch, dinner, brunch, the best meal in town is all available at the same place. That's Restaurant Tyler. And this football season, you don't want to miss out. So, if you don't like waiting in line, make the phone call or book online at Restaurant Tyler. 16 priority one bank locations in Central Mississippi ready to serve you. That means there's one near you if you live in Central Mississippi. So, we talk about eating local, shopping local all the time. It's just as important to bank local. You want to do business with the people in your community. You don't want to have to talk to people you don't know. When it's time to discuss a loan, you want to talk to the people you see every day at church, at the restaurants, at school, places like that. You want to be able to deal with those people. Priority One Bank gives you that opportunity. When you are a Priority One Bank customer, you get to use their app. It is a great app, it's a lot more than just moving your money around on that app. You can do everything you can do at a Priority One Bank location. There are 16 locations in central Mississippi. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find one near you. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Mississippi State has basically gone into game week. Media access is, is now pretty much over. There will be no more viewing of practice for Robbie or, my, or myself. Uh, and uh, furthermore, uh, all of the availabilities are going to be done after in the evening. So it's like a game week here at Mississippi State. Uh, they haven't announced when Zach Arnett's first press conference is going to be. Uh, for for next Monday, I'm looking forward to that though because I should be able to go first time in three years. Very excited. Should
1: be around noon.
0: If I if I know from what I can know of Zach Arnett, I'm going to guess somewhere between eleven and noon. Yeah, I'm going. That's where I'm going to go with. So the final scrimmage, you might say, of the preseason uh, this past Saturday. Obviously, it was closed to the media, so there's no play by play to be had uh, from from anybody, but from what we've heard and from what we, we've talked to other people, Robbie, it seems like the offense really had a nice, and the, the, the thing we have to, to stress in this is that there were a lot of players held out, especially on the offensive side. Justin Robinson, Tulu Griffin did not play. Uh, I think, uh, did Jaden Wally not play as well?
1: Jaden Wally, I believe, did play. Jordan Moseley Mosley Mosley not. Okay.
0: Yeah. And then, on the defensive side, they, they rotated a ton of guys. I think this is another instance where you didn't see a lot of Watts Watson, Jaden Crumney, those guys. Mm-hmm. But the offense had the upper hand in this scrimmage, according to all reports.
1: And to me, great news. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we talked about uh, after the first scrimmage, how important it was for the defense to still be ahead of the offense, I mm-hmm. think. Because there's going to be some ups and downs in the offense. Your defense should be ready to roll. But the offense progressing from one week to the next and it not being totally because the defense was bad is a very good thing for Mississippi State. And here's why I think that's happening for this offense. I think you're seeing some stability up front. I think Percy Lewis is becoming the guy at left tackle. And if you're a State fan, that's great news. Um, you know, I want Dollar Bill to get in there and I want him to be a part of this offensive line. But you brought in Percy Lewis to be the guy at left tackle. He was the number mm-hmm. one Juco tackle in the country. You're expecting him to be an NFL guy. In year two, for him to be struggling to get first team reps, that would be very concerning for me. But that's not the case. We're seeing a guy that's becoming the guy at left tackle and Starting to really lock it in there, and that's great because the other four spots I think are pretty much, for the most part, they're set in stone. I I don't think that you're going to see Nick Jones relinquish his spot on the line. Cole Smith has been the guy at center since the start of uh, spring practice. Doesn't look like he's having any issues. Stephen Lasoya is fine. Cam Jones has been, since he's been back from his injury, number one, so now you finally got a, a cohesive unit, it seems, forming up front, and you can push forward with that unit. And that there's been concerns given by people that have spent a lot of time studying offensive line film. I respect uh, just about everything that Cole Kublik says, especially when it comes to the offensive line. Mm-hmm. His concerns are, are real, I believe, up front. How is this team going to adjust? I think they're getting closer and closer to being a more cohesive unit by meshing together as a totality of those five guys up front. And these are five guys that all can play in this style of offense. I'm not all that concerned, but I think think a big question mark at that left tackle position is starting to come into focus, and you're starting to get some answers there. And I think the whole offense is going to be better when that line is what it is.
0: One of the things that I, that I've heard from from people I've talked to is that the comfort level from real from Will Rogers that re, that really wanted to run together there for me for some reason from Will Rogers is very high. And when we talked to Kevin Barbe after uh, practice on Saturday, he said that you know they've kind of got this relationship now where they're finishing each other's.
1: Synthesis.
0: Yeah, exactly and he said that you know will uh has really become you know the extension of him on the field and i always thought that will and mike leach had a very similar uh relationship as well i've been saying this a lot the experience of will rogers it simply can't be overstated how valuable oh. it is in this transition period from the air raid to the bar bay offense and it, the fact that Will seems to be picking it up pretty quickly and seems very comfortable in it that that's a huge plus for me for it, you know if you have concerns about Mississippi state it feels like that's one that you can you can maybe scratch off the list a little bit
1: well that's that's where it begins and ends for the offense if your quarterback is not comfortable in an offense and you have some miscommunication there and all that you're screwed i mean there's there's yeah. no other way around it i mean you just You have no chance. The quarterback is the difference in this league, especially. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be competing at a high level. It's just not going to happen. So I I think the return of Will Rogers for year four and the fact that he's grasped this offense how he has is a very good sign for me. You know, I, I guess one of my biggest concerns or questions coming in was, you know, how would Will react to an offense that's probably going to have some situational running, maybe a read here and there, maybe a tuck and run every now and then. Can he just every now and then get you a few yards? Can he be, you know, serviceable in the run game? Um, and I think that's important. I think Mississippi State is going to have to have something there. I don't think that Will Rogers can get away from being just strictly a passer <clears throat> in this offense. If a play breaks down, if he sees some green grass, I've always been a proponent of Will just taking off and running. And <clears throat> I know a lot of people have not felt the same way. And the one time he <laughs> pretty much the one time he did run it in the egg bowl, it went awry, and it you know kind of contradicts this whole. Thought process.
0: Rye is one way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But
1: when you have fifteen yards ahead of you and there's nobody open and there's a there's a lot of grass in front of you, just tuck it and run. I don't I don't care how immobile you consider Will Rogers, he can tuck it and run and get out of bounds and get a first down or something, just every now and then, something like that. Having the wherewithal to do something like that just adds to this offense, I think makes it a little more dangerous, keeps defenses on their heels. Um, I've always thought that, you know, Will Rogers could be a more dangerous quarterback and Mississippi State could be a more dangerous offense if he was something more than just what he was made to be as a, you know, statue of a guy back there not getting mobile in the pocket, things like that. And all indications were from that, um, and I, I don't mean just taking off and running. I mean, can he get out of the pocket keep a play alive, and get the ball down the field. And all indications were from that scrimmage, he did that on several occasions, rolling out to his right, throwing on the run, completing passes down the field, out of the pocket. I think that just makes Mississippi State a more dangerous offense. And that's been kind of the evolution of Will Rogers so far in this camp.
0: Another – Another thing that's happened or that's being reported and that we're hearing and and that I'm quite frankly very surprised by is the emergence of Seth Davis as a guy who appears like he's not going to redshirt this year. I just thought that the amount of depth and experience in that running back room with Marks, Lee, Pittman, the Juco in front of him, and Simeon Price, it was going to be very hard for Seth Davis to make his mark. But apparently this is a situation where he just keeps making plays when they give him the ball, and it's gotten to a point where it feels they feel pretty confident that he's he will be a player for Mississippi State this year that that has a contribution to make.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we haven't seen a ton of practices. I mean, I definitely haven't seen enough to you know make a top performer list or anything like that. But every time I go out there, I see Seth Davis breaking through, getting a big play, getting a big gain. It's like Zach Arnett said the other day: "You just can't hit him square." It's kind of like. In some ways, it's kind of like what we saw with um, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They're a little different players. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is more kind of a bowling ball type, almost like a Josh Robinson type. Seth Davis is – you know, I kind of like the, the, um, the comparison of Deuce Vaughn and what, what we heard from mm-hmm. um, Zach Arnett. I kind of like that comparison. A little different body type. But it's very similar. He's just not a guy that you're going to be able to come downhill and just hit square. You're not going to get a good lick on him. It's just not going to happen. So I I think it's getting tougher and tougher to imagine him red-shirting because he might be the most unique running back that Mississippi State has on the roster. And it's one of those deals where you have to evaluate and say – who are our best you know, three or four running backs on this roster? Who are guys that can give us something that we don't normally have out there? And Seth Davis provides that. He provides a guy that's got tremendous speed. Um, the elusiveness that he has is uncommon. They don't have anybody like that on the roster that's got that kind of elusiveness and the vision. He's a natural running back, an old school running back, and a new school type of uh you know what an ability. Great job so i i think that the i think that the uniqueness that he brings to the table makes him a guy that's going to be really difficult to keep on the field and it's a kind of a conundrum for you at running back a good one but who plays how often do they play do you red shirts um jeffrey Pittman. i I don't think it's wise to to have all five of those guys that they have and play them all, I, you know, unless you have some injuries, obviously. I, I think it would behoove you to have, you know, a guy red shirt. But there's so many different things you can do with Seth Davis. It's going to be difficult to keep him off the field.
0: Yeah. On the other side of the ball, on position battle oh, were the, the the, the – one of the guys who's made a big move is is also a surprise to me as a cornerback. It, it looks more and more like one of the guys who's going to, if not start, be a big contributor for Mississippi State. is Hunter Washington that mm-hmm. he's going to get the uh, spot alongside on the other side of uh of DeCameron Richardson. You know, I, I picked Kamari Rogers to win that spot. You picked, I believe, you went with Furge when we did our All Twenty Two rankings, and when we've talked about some other guys there, DeCarlos Nicholson, so on and so forth. Washington's a guy that, you know, when you came out of the transfer portal, he hadn't played much at Florida State. You saw his recruiting profile, and you were like, okay, he obviously had some talent. Florida State's a place that puts out good DBs. They have a good eye for it. But I I have to admit, I'm I'm very surprised. He is not a guy I really had penciled in as a potential starter for Mississippi State this season.
1: I I think the reason that you're really surprised by that is that he was a safety.
0: Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, let's not not forget that part.
1: So this is kind of the, the, new, the new thing, I think, for Mississippi State on the defensive side of the ball. They're recruiting and developing players to be versatile. They're getting athletes first and then finding a spot for them. If you look at the cornerbacks that they picked up in this class, the guys that, that Darcell McBath recruited as cornerbacks, there's a lot of versatility in that room. Guys that, you know, if it doesn't work out for them at corner, you can move them to safety and vice versa. I mean, you think about the group that they brought in with, uh, I think, Will James and Bryce Pollock and Kelly Jones. Those are guys that are big physical guys that can run. They got some length to them. I just think that there's a lot of things that you can do with those guys. And it doesn't back you into a corner. Now, I've been very vocal that, I think that, you know, a guy like Kelly Jones probably ends up at safety. I just – his measurables alone suggest that that's a possibility in mm-hmm. the future. I mean, it's just – it's it's not common to see a lot of guys with, with his body style at cornerback, mm-hmm. but, you know, at 6'4", 185, he can move pretty well. So, you know, the Luke Evans and the Kelly Jones, and those guys are – Listed as cornerbacks, Bryce Pollock, who I think is going to be really good for Mississippi State. Um, these are guys that I think you could move around the different positions and have success. Marcus Banks has moved from cornerback to safety. And now you got Hunter Washington. This is another guy that is really athletic. He moves from safety to cornerback. And the last few weeks has just kind of emerged. He's been a consistent guy for them. I think the biggest thing – We have so many unknowns that we've talked about in the defensive back room. The biggest thing is we've spoken on, like, double-digit guys to this point. Mm -hmm. We've talked about four or five different cornerbacks. We've talked about five or six different safeties. You have options there. While these guys have not proven a ton outside of the Sean Preston and the DeCameron Richardson, even Corey Ellington's proven a little bit, there's so many guys back there. You can find somebody that can step in and do something for you. And you also have guys that can come in and give these guys a break and you don't have that big of a, a step down. But um, heard a lot of good things so far about Will James and Bryce Pollock specifically the uh, the freshman Pollock, class. Pollock,
0: yes, for sure.
1: And then Hunter Washington, obviously, the last couple of weeks has really emerged. So uh, I like the progression that they're making in the defensive back room right now.
0: You know, when you look at State's secondary, it's, it's very interesting. You've got Richardson as a high school kid they signed. Sean Preston is probably going to end up being the starter to start the season. That's another guy they signed and developed. Isaac Smith, the true freshman, could end up taking that job by the end of the year. Washington, Marcus Banks, and Jordan Morant, who I think if the game was this week, I think that would be the other three starters in the secondary. All transfers. And all transfers from a season ago. So not instant impact transfers guys who came in and, and had to, had to and sort of wait their turn. Wait. And now, now they're going to get that opportunity. It's just an interesting mix of guys back there. And I do agree with what you were saying about versatility. That is going to be something that, you know, Mississippi state is looking for going forward. I think in part of their recruiting profile, you know, and it's going to go for every position. Can you, do you have, defensive linemen who can, you know, maybe, you know, your ends, can they also play in a 3-3-5 three, three, and play that outside spot? Or can your outside linebackers put their hand on the ground and some and play some four-man front every now and then? And then can your safeties and cornerbacks be interchangeable? I mean, that that's a good philosophy to have because it, it means, you know, you've got more pieces to work with. You know, we'll see if they're successful with that. But I think the, the news coming out of this scrimmage, you know, you and I both think this team is, is underrated. We both think this team is going to be a very good team. We're about to do our, our team preview on this on this and give you a game by game breakdown of it, but nothing I'm heard, I've heard out of preseason camp makes me question my predictions at all. No.
1: If anything, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about this team. And maybe it's because, you know, there's always the optimism that grows the closer you get to the season. Maybe that's it. But I just – I go back to, you know, the the years in the past and the, we talk about these predictions and we're going to get into them, but, you know, you and I were almost right on perfect last year on our, our predictions sure. for Mississippi State. I,
0: I, I was right on. I got every game right. I'll never do it again.
1: Just about every year, you know, I feel like th- – all of us that cover the team, obviously, when you're around the team and you kind of know what's going on, we have a much better pulse on this program than people that are outside. And you and I are both willing to say Mississippi State's going to win five games if that looks like it's going to be the case. Yes. I, I don't mind coming out and saying this team's not going to be very good. I could see them win winning five, barely getting to six wins. But I just don't – I mean, this, it would have to be a royal screw-up, I think, by this coaching staff. And it's hard to imagine that being the case with the people that are in place here. There's too many people with experience. There's too many people that know what they're doing. And it would be very difficult to understand. So I feel like all the media that's covering state right now, it feels like we have a good pulse on this team, and I like what I'm hearing and seeing from them going into the season.
0: I do too. It's uh, it it definitely feels like the, the positive vibes are there for Mississippi state. It's a
1: quiet confidence, you know, that they don't mind the negativity that surrounds the program from a national perspective and a regional perspective. They're okay with that. They, it's like, they know what their abilities are. They've kept their head down and they are moving forward. And that, kind of starts at the top with Zach Arnett. He's not a big, um, you know, bulletin board guy, I don't think. I think they just want to work and let the chips fall.
0: And I also feel that, you know, when co- coaches talk about shutting out the outside noise and things like that, they've done that. I, I don't think they – I don't really think that they're – you know, Ar- Arnett and I, Sorry, we're having like an off-the-record talk, and I'll, I'll bring a touch of it here, to the, but basically – I said something, and, and he was like, honestly, I don't listen or read anything that you guys say. And I just told him, I was like, you keep it that way. Because coaches that look – coaches up searching their own names on Twitter and listening to podcasts, that's that's not time well spent. So
1: Every time I've ever gotten a call or a message from a coach or somebody on the coaching staff about something that you and I have said or something that we've written, mm-hmm. is those coaches are usually – not coaching at Mississippi State currently, yeah. or are not far away. Yeah, I agree. You know, it I agree doesn't happen. It just doesn't. Yeah, you know it it, do- it doesn't go well for them. I if agree. you're if you're constantly looking about what looking at what people are saying about you on message board or Twitter or whatever, you're not focused on the task at hand.
0: I agree. All right, let's move into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef. It's what's for dinner. I got a whole tri-tip sitting in my fridge, left over from our cookout yesterday, and I'm gonna have some of that for dinner tonight. I think because I just
1: had your I just had your uh, mad scientist creation for the second time
0: the, the in the bacon, last 24 the hours. Yes, And we're calling it a flatbread because it sounds fancy.
1: I had some of that, and I had the uh, the sweet peppers uh, bacon wrapped. Things are so good. Hoppers, and
0: so good. Just so good. <laughs> That tri-tip, though, was a thing of beauty. I I didn't need to buy but one, but I'm really glad I bought two because I got one for myself now. So that's exciting. I'll be enjoying some tri-tip sandwiches uh, this week. Guys, there are just so many great cuts of beef, and they're available for you. You know, I had a lot of options the other day when I went with that tri-tip. I could have gotten some flat, flat iron steaks or some sirloins or some New York strips. I had a lot a lot of options. Beef gives you options. So whatever you want to cook, whenever you want to cook, looking to do a quick late-night meal, or if you want to spend all day on the smoker with a brisket, beef is the answer. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends, the Mississippi Beef Council. Also, thanks to those great guys and the Mississippi Cattlemen's Association they fed the uh, football team this weekend a ton of steak, maybe an actual ton. A whole cow was used, I
1: think. When are we going to get an invite to this? I don't know, man. We need to do that. I would like to eat steak and throw a hay bale.
0: I, I don't want to throw the hay bale. I don't want to embarrass myself.
1: Did you see? I, I'm almost positive that it was Calvin Dinkins that threw the hay, the hay bale and it just exploded in the air. Yeah, I want to say that was him. Mm-hmm. If not,
0: he threw it with. It was, such it was another.
1: It was Man. another very strong young boy at uh, on the football team that threw that, and the thing just exploded in the middle of the air. It was hilarious.
0: There you go. I I I I I don't want to do that. I don't. I'll eat the steaks though. Ah, uh, two brothers, smoked meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked Southern soul food, guys. That's another one coming up. You know, in these weekends for in Starkville, you know you're going to be going to Two Brothers, so be ready for those great experiences. Their menu is fantastic. The people there are awesome. It's just a great atmosphere. And of course, if you're you know, if once you get past you know dinner time and you just want to go out, have a drink, enjoy yourself, have a good time, Two Brothers is a fine spot for that as well. Head to Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District for Smoked Southern Soul Food. Great products, great service. Every business promises it to you. It's delivered to you at Advantage Business Systems. And that's been the case the past 48 years. Nobody stays in open that long unless they take care of their customers. When you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you call them back and you talk to the same people who made you the sale. You're not talking to an overseas call center. You're not on a hole for 45 minutes. You don't have to make an appointment with an out-of-state technician. Nope, it's all right there on that one phone call. And a lot of times, the problems are solved the same same day. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue. That's where your new polo for this Mississippi State football season is is waiting. Their collegiate collection is the best collection of quarter zips and polos. You're going to find great name brands, great styles, and of course the service that comes from The Rogue, one of the South's top men's clothing stores. Go to The Rogue in Jackson or shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. One last SEC preview to do, and that, of course, is the home team, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, coming off of a nine and four season. Uh, obviously, a ton of change uh, this uh, this football season, but a team that I that Robbie and I feel is poised to have a repeat kind of year, another fine year for Mississippi State. Who, as we said last week on the show, I saw, I saw this on your message board, and I, I like it. When we get to Black Friday, somebody's going to look really stupid. Don't know who it is yet, but I feel like it's not going to be us. I feel like we're in the good here, but let's see. Let's look at the schedule. I think you and I, I'm interested to see if we have the exact same eight and four, because I'll just go ahead and give the spoiler on that. Obviously, we're going to take the Bulldogs to win week one against Southeast Louisiana, and we both have them beating Arizona in week two, although I think that could be a very interesting football game. I think Arizona will come down here very fired up, very motivated to win. But in the end, I think State's just going to be so much better on the offensive and defensive lines, that that's where, they're, that's where the game will be won and lost.
1: They finally got the whiteout correct. Mm-hmm. Don't do a whiteout in November no. or October. No. They're, they're doing, doing it when it's, when it's going to be pretty hot.
0: They should go. The, the real getting the whiteout correct is for LSU, LSU and making yeah. LSU wear purple. That's the yes. real good whiteout. But we'll take That's what forward. I would do it's a stripe
1: out which is you know never works never no, works
0: no oh, that's the week three game the LSU game Mississippi State versus currently the number five team in the country the LSU Tigers um I they think they have that ra- that ra- that ranking will be lower when they get to the Starkville because I've had them losing week one to Florida State um what do you think about this game Robbie
1: I I'm a lot higher on LSU than most I think well you and
0: I, I have a, a combined 23 and one. I think. That's
1: the only loss that you have them.
0: I have them. I I have them losing week one and then winning the next eleven.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So I guess we're both pretty high on them. Yeah. You know, this is a it's it is an interesting game because I, I feel like state does have the horses and the in the leadership and experience to beat LSU. Um. And then you add that it's at home. I think that's going to be a boost. I just I don't have them getting over the hump here in this game, but I, I do think that it's going to be a good game.
0: Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I uh first off, you guys know me. You've known me long enough to know that when it comes to this particular game, the odds of me picking Mississippi State to win are slim. They would have to be monster favorites. Um So there's that, but at the end of the day, I think LSU is just a little bit more talented than Mississippi State. Uh, the way that Jaden Daniels was able to to work the MSU defense last year with his legs concerns me because I don't know if they're going to be able to, to stop that. Uh, and, and, you know, Brian Kelly, one of the top three coaches in college football in my opinion. So I'm going to take the Tigers to win this one. I actually put MSU on a losing streak, to be honest with you, because I got them losing the next two. Uh, I have them losing. Obviously, the Alabama game I would put down as a loss, but I have them losing this game to South Carolina on the twenty third. Just a tough game between tough opponents on the road. I I just feel like it's. I think it'll be a good game, but I think State lets them get lets it get away.
1: It is a, a very tough game, but I think State wins this based on the fact that they have that veteran group in there. I think the defense has a has a good game. Uh, in this ball game, and the offense does enough. Uh, you know, we heard from Ben Portnoy, um, it was like a couple of weeks ago, talking about they, they feel good about their secondary, I think. It's the the uh, rushing defense that they're kind of concerned about. And I think State's going to exploit that in this game and be able to have a big game. And they're also kind of searching, I think, for their running game on the offensive side of the ball. So a lot of question marks in South Carolina. I think they've improved their talent, Mm -hmm. but just not a whole lot of proven talent. And I still don't trust Spencer Rattler. I think playing that game in Columbia makes us a very tricky ball game. But And we've talked so many times about this is kind of a turning point for both of these teams with the schedules that they have. I'm going to go with State here. It's going to be a tough one to get. Mm -hmm. My gut just says State's going to win this game.
0: And then we'll both take obviously take Alabama to win there. So you've got state three and two. After now wait
1: finish. a second, I didn't I didn't get a chance to make per- my prediction. Go ahead. Uh, I am going to go with Alabama. Okay. <laughs> so until proven otherwise,
0: yeah. So I have state two and or two and three at the end of September on a three game losing streak. Not good times. The good times are coming because the the finish will be strong.
1: And if uh, I, if I am correct, if they're three and two. That's like the that's like the key. Like if they if they get to three and two, they're in after great shape. five games. They're in yeah. great shape.
0: Yeah, because they'll be four and two with you because they'll they'll beat Western Michigan. I'll have them going back to five hundred three and three.
1: Uh, I have State
0: winning at Arkansas on the twenty first. I, I just uh, I, Arkansas this year, really a wild card for me. I think defensively they're not going to be very good. They do have Jefferson and Sanders, but Mississippi State is a team that I feel like can can stop a good running attack I feel like they're strong enough up front to do that uh so I like I like state's chances to win uh in Fayetteville what about you
1: I've got them losing two out of three of this road stretch of okay. Arkansas Auburn and AL okay so I've I'm not I still haven't 100 percent settled on which one of those Arkansas Auburn games I think they lose. For the sake of what we did with the media poll, I think I went with Auburn that they were going to lose that game because it's just, you know, it's been kind of tough for them to win there. I know they did it a couple of years ago, but they got down by like three touchdowns in that game, three or four touchdowns in that game. I think that Hugh Freeze is going to have his team playing well. That could be a game where Auburn wins a ball game that were supposed to lose. So I think they lose that one. I have faith in them against Arkansas every year. They've played Arkansas really well. So I feel better about them going to Fayetteville and winning a ball game than I do Auburn at this time. But they, they have to win one out of those two.
0: Right. So I have them winning. I have them winning both. I have them beating Auburn on the 28th. Um, I just feel like this Auburn team, they're just not ready. Now, next year might be a totally different story. They will be happy that that game is at home. But mm-hmm. this year, I just don't think Auburn has enough juice right now to beat Mississippi State.
1: That would be huge if they win both of them.
0: Yeah. All right. Then at home for a homecoming game and the return of the interlocking MSU uh, against Kentucky. I, I, Mississippi State has dominated Kentucky at home for the last basically two decades. Um, this is the final game of this series that's been played every year since Gosh, I think they gotta go back to like the, the late 80s to find the last time Mississippi State did not play Kentucky in a season. Uh they will not play them next year. I've got the Bulldogs winning beating the Wildcats here, though.
1: I think Devin Leary is a big upgrade at quarterback just from okay. a just from a performance standpoint. He might not have the intangibles of the Will Levis, but I I feel like he's a he's an upgrade. This is gonna be a tough game, but you mentioned it. State has dominated the series at home. And it's kind of like State going on the road. I'm not going to predict State to win that game next year. I just – I can't. Until they <laughs> until well, they, they go to Kentucky.
0: Year. They don't play That's right.
1: That's year. right. You're right. You're exactly right. Next time they play at Kentucky, not predicting
0: oh. it. Unless – you know, I don't know when that game's going to be, right? And something could happen. Mark Stoops could leave. I, I, I'll reevaluate yeah. it then. But, but your, your overriding point, if State was at Kentucky next year, I would pick Kentucky to win.
1: The home team has – Turned in dominance in the series yeah. the last yeah. few years. So, All right. But since that's a, at home, they're going to be wearing the interlocking. I mean, this team's going to be – I mean, the stadium's going to be just jolted. I'm taking State.
0: All right. So we both have State at this point uh, uh, six and three. I have them losing to South Carolina, LSU, LSU. Alabama. You have them losing to Arkansas, Alabama, and LSU. Auburn. I'll say Auburn. Auburn. Uh, this is my my final loss for Mississippi State. I have them losing this game at Texas a and is I, I've said it before. I, I've given A&M the benefit of the doubt too many times. I didn't last year. I thought they were going to overrate it. Now, I didn't think they'd finish 5-7, but I thought they were overrated last year. But this year, I just feel like they've got the right quarterback. I like Connor Wiegman. I, Petrino is allowed to do think, work his offense with him. They'll be fine. I think State loses this one in College Station.
1: I've never given A&M the benefit of the doubt, no. and this year I am. That's no. how – I mean, that's weird. They they just finished their worst season that they've had, and I am I actually have more faith in them. I don't know how that happens, but it just call it a gut feeling here. I think they're going to kind of redeem themselves a little bit this year and be competitive in the SEC West. We'll see if that comes to fruition. If they're struggling – by you know the middle part of the SEC schedule, I'm changing my prediction. Yeah. I think I think the walls are coming yes. tumbling down at Jericho if that happens. So you know, I for the for you know August 21st, I'm going with a And M in this game. Right. You're Although right. that place has not been as daunting as it used to be, mm-hmm. and especially when they first came in the SEC, mm-hmm. that place has become easier to win. Teams can at. win at AM now. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. So, but you know, it's it's on the road, uh, you know, you're getting out of your elements and they got a really talented team. So, we'll we'll go with AM and for now. All
0: right. So, state 6 and 4 for both of us, exactly where they were at this time a season ago. Uh, I would have them beating Southern Miss the next week. That is definitely a much tougher game than states had the last 3 years before the Egg Bowl. Or I guess I shouldn't say that cuz they had the COVID year, but the last three re- normal seasons where they've been able to play an FCS team in this window and then get ready for the Egg Bowl. Southern Miss will come to Startville wanting to play well, wanting to try to find a win. Frank Gore Jr. is a fantastic football player. He'll have a big game. But at the end of the day, I'll take State to win that one.
1: It's I just the it. – you know, I know people are concerned. I know people have sat through Mississippi State getting drummed by Southern Miss at times in the past. But this is not the past. This is several years worth of millions and millions more dollars being, you know, poured into the athletic department and revenue coming in. Over time, state has really distanced itself from Southern Miss, and this is a you know, state's lost a way worse team. So this is Mm -hmm. this isn't a game that you just overlook. But state should be significantly more talented, especially up front in the trenches. I think that's where it's going to matter the most.
0: Agreed, and then we have the Egg Bowl that game played played in Starkville. You know, for me, always a, a, a toss up game. And at the end of the day, as we sit here on on the twenty first of August, Robbie, I just have more questions about Ole Miss than I do at Mississippi State. I don't believe in Ole Miss defensively. Pete Golding, I I'm not on the whole. Oh well, Pete Golding's an outstanding defensive coordinator. I don't buy into that, but I also don't buy into the whole. Pete Golding is the worst defensive coordinator in America that some people want to buy in. I think he's just a, a good defensive coordinator, and I think he can get that defense going. I just don't think he can do it in year one. They've got to continue to, to, to recruit and develop and get some guys in there. Um, and I just feel like State will get the win uh, in this game as we see it here today. So that's my prediction. Bulldogs win the Egg Bowl and finish the regular season 8-4. and four.
1: Yeah, to, the, to your point about Pete Golding, you don't stay on Nick Saban's staff for several years, especially running the defense, mm-hmm. if you aren't at least somewhat good. I don't think he's going to come in there and and just n- have no clue what he's doing. He picks something up from Nick Saban, and I know where he comes from. I know you know he's a guy that's a Delta State guy. His background, the people he's been around, he's a bright guy. He is a good coach. I don't know if he's going to be – I don't know if he's going to have a top 25 defense every year like he did at Alabama because I don't think at any point is he going to have the type of talent across the board like that. But they will be better. They're, They're going to be a much better defense under him because they're going to be sound. They're going to have some scheme to them. I thought that was a pretty bad group that they had last year. But this year is going to be a little bit of a challenge. They'll be better as the year goes on. I think very similar to what they did with uh, uh, what's his name, Uh, DJ Durkin. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think they're going to be good enough.
0: Last year wasn't Durkin. Last year was uh, no.
1: I'm talking about when he was there. Okay, okay. You, You remember the first of the year they were really bad, and then by the end of the year they were good. They were actually kind of a strength.
0: And that was a year. I mean, they had an elite pass rusher in Sam Williams. They had a really solid middle linebacker in the transfer, Chance Campbell. They need those kind of things again, and I don't know that they have them right now. When we get to November, maybe things will be a little bit different.
1: Yeah, and they lost a ton of guys in the portal. They they convinced a few to come back. I didn't think they really upgraded defensively in the portal. I think Santareen Perkins is going to be asked to do a lot as a freshman, but he's still a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, so from all that standpoint, I think State by the end of the year is going to be really good on the offensive end of the ball. I think Ole Miss will be better. I'm going to give the edge to State there. And then when you look at the other side, State neutralized what Ole Miss did last year with their defense, and they return just about everybody up front and that linebacker, and I think those safeties are going to be better. I think this is where, you know, the the home team winning kind of shifts back. To uh, where it was, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think State can can win this ball game, and you get to eight wins for two straight years. Mm-hmm. Zach Arnett wouldn't be the SEC Coach of the Year, no. but he would be darn near towards the top for doing that, taking over in year one and, and producing an eight win season, possibly nine wins for the bowl game.
0: Be really good, really good, and really good way for Will Rogers to uh, to follow out, finish out his career uh, at Mississippi State. All right. Tomorrow's the rumblings. Get the questions into us now. We will be happy to answer them. Um, and then we'll just Thursday, Friday, we'll have some practice reports. Hopefully, we'll talk to some coaches and we'll uh we'll continue to move forward. We are just days away from the start of the college football season and just a week plus away from Mississippi State season getting started off. Guys, have a great Tuesday. Robbie now back with you on Wednesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Oh, Thanks for listening know. to Thunder and Lightning on Superstar Mississippi. <laughs> Your ass better call somebody!